Hello and welcome to part six of the 007 Countdown from Some Like It Scott. I'm your host, Scott Harvey, and I'm joined, as always, by the Countdown crew, Scott Shelton and Jay Habib. Today on the podcast, it's our lone taste of 90s Bond as we review Pierce Brosnan's first outing as the iconic super spy, 1995's GoldenEye. But first, how are you guys doing? No complaints, Scott. Um, it was a very weird day in New York. Apparently, we got all the yeah. bad air quality from the West Coast the fires West. Yep. that come to and New York. So everything was very orange today. Very and uh, for, from the 47th floor of 30 Rock, I could barely even see Central Park. Local references. We got to love it, people. Uh, I'm used to seeing everything orange, but on Saturdays in Knoxville, not when, uh, not, not being in New York city, not having to deal with uh, the environmental conditions that, um, you guys are obviously having up there, but wow, that's, that's crazy. So it made its way all it's made, it made its way all the way over from California. Apparently. Unless the uh, wind patterns change. I, I think that we're going to keep getting it then if that's where it's coming from, because those fires aren't stopping anytime soon. Are you, got, you guys going to be sending smoke signals to each other across the city? I think I think actually the West Coast has sent us a smoke signal that we need to stop climate change. Can we put up like a giant fan in the Midwest that just points anywhere but east listen, to keep it from coming over here? Listen, Steven Seagal tried to warn everyone in his five-minute monologue at the end of 1994's On Deadly Ground that climate change was coming. But shockingly, no one listened to a man in a trench coat with a ponytail. Um talking about global warming but there you go uh on deadly ground references four minutes in it's going to be a good one folks um and our film today is golden eye directed by martin campbell golden eye picks up with 007 played this time by pierce brosnan and fellow mi6 agent alec trevelyan played by sean bean hot on the trail of the nefarious soviet criminal arkady orimov played by gottfried john Stop me if you've heard this before, like maybe last episode, but when Alec is killed by Oromov, Bond vows revenge. They'll have to wait nine years, though, before he encounters Oromov again, this time while he's trying to expose a Russian crime syndicate called Janus and one of their leaders, the dangerous and seductive Zinnia Anatop, played by Famke Jansen. When Janus launches, launches an attack with a nuclear superweapon called Goldeneye, Bond suspects that Oromov may be in charge and sets off to Russia to investigate further. What he finds, however, is something that he could have never expected. With an unusually splashy supporting cast that also includes Alan Cumming, Joe Don Baker, Robbie Coltrane, and in her first appearance as M, Judy Dench, GoldenEye is often highlighted as the birth of the modern Bond film, Jay, does the film deliver the goods, or is this one of the many instances where the video game is better than the movie? It's funny, Scott, that you mentioned, you know, like, stop me if you've heard this before, because I feel like ev like 75% of this movie was repurposing things from earlier in the franchise. Um, that being said, I mean, it was still like a pretty good time. Um, I, again, I was very aware of the fact this was a movie from the Bond franchise. I feel like I, I at one point started keeping a list of all the things that I was seeing, like a Bond girl who was a former ex-pilot, gadget scenes, codes at the airport, you know, it's just all of it was still there right a plane that you know goes through a crazy like action sequence and ends up with both of its wings cut off like it was all there that being said yeah it uh it still was a fun time um you know not to give too much away but i really do like pierce brosnan in the role of bond i feel like just from the moment he was on screen i was like oh like, he's he's got it like that was yeah i mean it was an enjoyable time it was a very bond movie um but a fun one at that 
Yeah, I mean, look, this is one of my issues with the Bond franchises, you know, that it still exists because we're talking about this is the 17th movie in, right? There's only so many ways you can reinvent the wheel. I feel like there's only so many uh, different types of action scenes that, um, you know, we haven't seen before in these movies. So, yeah, I do think there is a level of familiarity that we're probably going to continue to see even through the Craig films, which are coming up next. But, um, Scott, what are your thoughts on Goldeneye at a high level? Yeah, you know, going into this one, I'd only ever seen parts of other, you know, Pierce Brosnan Bond movies. I think I'd see bits and pieces of Die Another Day and um, other ones, too. But again, like not the full movie. And so my expectations are like pretty low because I, I knew that this is not widely considered to be a great run of Bond films. Um, his run. We'll get into maybe why we disagree or agree with that, I guess. But for me, I was really pleasantly surprised. I really enjoyed this film. I thought I was kind of expecting a, a big step down from, you know, the, the Timothy Dalton bond that we saw last week with License to Kill. And instead, what I felt like was this was this was kind of carrying through the thread that I think was kind of started with Dalton's transformation of the character going from Roger Moore to his brand to what felt like a fully young and modern brand of bond with Pierce Brosnan, even though it was like seven years or whatever after he was originally supposed to take on the Bond mantle. I think maybe even more than that. I don't, I don't remember. Longer exactly. than that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like like a crazy number of years after, and he still feels like sort of like the freshest Bond we've had um, You know, to this point. I know we did skip over George Lazenby, but um, I think overall, I, I was really pleasantly surprised by the overall quality. I mean, Sean Bean is is a goat at this kind of role. I feel like he's uh, a really great character villain. E actor feels like for most of his career, if, you know, anti-hero maybe in some cases, I guess, but uh, I think overall it's really a fun time that it feels like a bit fresher. It certainly feels more modern. And I felt like everything that I liked about the Dalton film last week, I think it's still carrying through a lot of those threads. I think that there's maybe some exceptions that, this movie, I like misfires maybe in the same way that the Dalton, you know, License to Kill does. But overall, pleasantly surprised. I thought the film was very watchable, if not a bit long. Like all you know, every week we talk about a Bond movie being a little too long. See if that ever changes. But overall, great, good time. Really enjoyed the movie. Felt like, you know, better. Uh, staying on that same trajectory of what I talked about last week of, of the better kind of bond, in my opinion. Yeah, I had a really good time with this one as well. I think uh, this is right up there for my favorites that we've watched so far. Um, and, you know, it, it, listeners will know I consider the 90s the golden era of action movies. And I just think that uh, this movie has the perfect like the, these 90s action movies tend to have like the perfect tone for an action movie i mean the tone that i enjoy the most like right on the line between you know silly and serious um and you know a good balance a lot of times um or you know if it's going in one direction they know what they're doing but um yeah i think this movie is a lot of fun i love the supporting cast of this movie that was the thing that kind of stood out to me was that um I feel like in recent, you know, in, in the other movies we've talked about, it's like, well, we have the, you know, we have Bond, we have the Bond girl, we have the villain. There's not really anyone else to talk about. Well, here, there's plenty of people to talk about, right? You know, I think Alan Cumming is 
doing what Alan Cumming always does in movies um, as Boris. I think Jodon Baker and Robbie Coltrane are really fun sort of side characters that pop up. And of course we have Judy Dench introduced as M um, who of course will become a staple of the franchise. And um, she's roasting some people left and right here and some pretty enjoyable scenes. Um, but yeah, Brosnan I think is a great bond to be honest with you. Um, and I've seen, um, you know, I think all of his, or I don't remember if I've seen die another day or not, but um you know, I, I just think maybe it's just the era that I grew up in, the video games that I played. I mean, I, play, I played the Tomorrow Never Dies video game. I played Everything or Nothing, which is not a, not a movie, but is a Bond licensed game that has Brosnan. Willem Dafoe. Has Bond. Unbelievable. Yeah, that game is awesome, by the way. That's one of my favorite games. But And also um, has 006 in it, doesn't it? Doesn't it also have Alec Trevelyan in it? Or has no, some other like so. 00 agent? I thought it had some 00 agent in it. I, don't know. I, I think it does. Maybe it does. But anyway banger of a game but um I, pierce brosnan just like is kind of my james bond like again i think maybe it is the era that i grew up in but like when i think about this character of james bond like his face is the one that comes to mind so um i think he's really good here some you know i don't really know what the majority of people think if there is any sort of consensus on this whole who's the best bond list but it does seem like people tend to have him more towards the bottom of lists um and i i don't really get that i think he's a lot of fun uh and again i think a lot of it depends on what you want from a bond what you want from a bond movie um it's there's just a lot of subjectivity involved but i think the movie is a lot of fun it is a little bit too long for sure um but there's some cool action um i really like the the opening scene um we can talk about it um in a little bit but the the warehouse um you know, segment and not just because I remember the levels of the video game, like so specifically, but, um, but the, you know, I think some of the stuff that goes on in the, the first scene, um, is really well done. Um, but yeah, I think the action is pretty engaging throughout. Again, there's a good balance of the silly and the goofy and the serious, right? You know, Bond's still doing his one liner quips, um, that you've come to expect. There's still some pretty like, cartoonish like um deaths and things like that uh like zinnia on a top i mean I, we're not gonna spoil it i mean or I mean, it, you know it the movie's been out for 26 years but um her death is pretty uh pretty fun to watch i will say uh the way that uh zinnia goes out which by the way a very strong character i think as well um probably the best bond girl that we've seen so far but we can get there um also in a little bit like i said but on the whole, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I think it fits right in with, um, you know, the tone of 90s action movies, like I said. And that's just something that I've always been a fan of and continue to be a fan of. Um, so I think this one was always destined to, to hit for me. But I also think it has a lot of strong elements to it and enough enough differentiation from some of the previous films to to resonate. So um, let's move on now and talk about uh, Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. Um, he did have a four movie run as Bond uh, with GoldenEye, Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough, and Die Another Day. This will be the only one that we're talking about. This is really the only one that's considered to be very good. Um, if you you know look look deeply into it, I think the other three movies, particularly World Is Not Enough and Die Another Day, are are pretty uh, widely panned. But um, Brosnan, you know, like like Scott alluded to, and like we talked about on our License to Kill episode, was originally supposed to play bond back in the 80s but because he was on remington steel um 
he he had to pass and um you know timothy dalton got to do the role for for two movies so i guess my question uh that i will pose to scott first is are you glad they went back and got pierce brosnan uh do you think he added something here to the role um or you know would they have been best served moving on after timothy dalton no i i really liked pierce brosnan in in this film again i haven't really seen any of the other ones to to make a judgment there understanding that you know, uh, the other films are panned. think saying this one has like strong reviews is probably like a little misleading. I think it's probably like mixed to positive on this overall, but I enjoyed it. I think Pierce Brosnan works for me as a bond. I think he has, I think he, he's like the first bond since Connery to like really feels like he has the charm. If that makes sense. Like I feel like he, he's really able to bring that and, these sort of, I mean, frankly, just like older Bonds. I mean, Roger Moore, like basically ancient by, you know, Bond standards today when he was going through his run, especially towards the end. Even Timothy Dalton on the little bit older side. And Brosnan, I don't, I don't know exactly what age he was in, you know, 94 when this movie was filming, but he feels like he's a, he was 41. Pretty sure. I, I looked at, uh, I thought I looked at crazy. He, he looks a lot younger than 41. No. in this movie i believe you 100 percent um but like he looks like he's of a fresher generation than the people that came before i think part of that is also just like how the film is made I think the film is made in a way that allows that to sort of come to the forefront but he feels like he has this sort of like suave charisma that frankly i just felt more and dalton didn't have compared to connery so i really think he's the first person to bring that to the table um again that, that we've seen in, in, you know, the now six movies that we've watched in the countdown. But overall, yeah, really was a fan. Was there someone better out there that they could have cast in the 90s? I mean, maybe. I'm not going to sit here and debate that. But I don't think they made a mistake casting Brosnan, at least not on the grounds of this film. Yeah, I mean, one other interesting point sort of about him, too, is that he's really the first Bond since Connery who would also have a career outside of Bond. Um, you know, if you think about Roger Moore and... Um, George Lazenby and Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton has shown up in supporting roles and, you know, some 2000s movies and stuff like that. But um, Brosnan is was one of the the guys who after Bond was over. Right. He he still went on to have a successful movie career and be in stuff. So but yeah, I mean, I think maybe maybe he just has something. Maybe he has a little bit more as an actor than the previous couple of guys that were able to bring. But, Jay, what do you think about uh, Brosnan? I think Scott's right the, that he really has brought the charm in a way that I don't think the last two Bonds we've seen have. And like, I think I was reasonably high on Timothy Dalton. Um, again, one only, you know, one movie of him, one movie of his and one movie of Chris Brosnan's. Um, but now like Brosnan's probably in my top two in terms of like what I kind of imagine when I think of this character, again, like he just literally from, the you know the intro where like the white dots come up and then he you know is in the middle and turns and shoots uh, my first thought was wow he's a lot taller um and i mean right from the get-go like i, I feel like he just has it like i, I think literally the first line i thought was so funny he, you know i beg your pardon i forgot to knock as he's like about to you know take out this soldier on the toilet yeah. um and you know what i will say about, about the movie itself um is that even though like i think he brings it 
some of the writing, like I, I realize we're talking about Bond and it's not like these have been, you know, like the, the tent poles of like how to treat women, but the misogyny in this one feels a little more just like hitting you over the head with it. You know, I would, I would love to like go back and do a comparison. I mean, I wouldn't actually love to, someone should go back and, uh, you know, like watch these and count the number of like misogynistic comments or like rank the 10 worst in like each of these movies. Like this one just felt particularly bad to me at least. So like, even though, you know, I'll say that like he he brought the charm. Like I like him in the role, and like you know, it's it's disappointing to hear that his later movies aren't as good as this one because I'd be interested in seeing him continue the role. Um, that part of it just felt like a little more on the nose this time than at least compared to the last few. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but yeah, I don't know if I do or not. Like I. I mean, it's obviously there. I, I, that's kind of how I felt about License to Kill. Again, we talked about that a little bit. That I thought that the uh, uh, all the stuff with uh, I can't even remember her Carrie Lowell's character in License to Kill was um, just seemed like yeah. a new le- new level of just like complete disrespect for the character. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, we haven't really talked about the Bond girl here. I mean, the the good the good girl uh, in this movie, which is uh, Natalia Simonova, who's the Russian computer hacker. She's not that great of a character, if we're being honest. Um, you know, another another person who, like, purports, w- once again, it's the same old shit purporting to, like, put Bond in his place. You know, there there's that scene where they're, like, in a truck or something. I can't remember where they are, but she's like, well, what are you doing? Like, get out, get out of the way or something like that. And, you know, she's doing her oh, she's, thing like, hacking on the, com- the thing, yeah. computer. Yeah, and um you're like okay yeah there you go tell him put it put him in his place and then like out of nowhere again like you know it doesn't seem like there's been any sort of sexual tension between them and then like later they're outside they're just like outside the again train car wherever they were and yeah it was after the um, train blew up train yeah and it's like all of a sudden out of nowhere there's you know she's flirting with him and you know yeah whatever but i mean that's that's a little maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves there but as for brosnan you know i i again i really liked him i think you know he has the look he's a good looking guy uh i just think he has like the suave bond look just about him um definitely more so than timothy dalton did i think i think watching this made me realize maybe that was another thing that was missing from dalton's portrayal to me is that he just doesn't look like what i perceived bond to be and that's obviously skewed and um my view of of bond is could be completely different from somebody else's but um i think that really works for brosnan like even the voice and everything like again it's just i think he has kind of the whole package um when it you know it comes to what you want in a bond um his quips yeah are not the best but when when are these quips the best like um that's kind of the point of them is that they're they're pretty cheesy but um you know he has that sort of like you're rolling your eyes when he's making them but you're also kind of like smiling because it's just like you know you you're you're waiting for it to happen and then it happens and you're just like there oh there he is again that old rascal bond um so I, I you know, cannot I like confirm that that, that is how I reacted watching this movie, but <laughs> I'll allow you to. Um, I think he does a, a decent job with like what serious scenes there are as well in this movie. Like the stuff between him and Alec, you know, it gets into some interesting territory of like 
and even between him and and the the computer hacker, if you want to go that far, gets into some interesting territory about like Bond's history as a spy and like how many people he's killed and you know is he ever actually gonna be able to find somebody and settle down or whatever or is this you know always going to be his life um again i don't know that they explore it as much as they could have but there's some scenes there that i think brosnan shows that he's able to slip into the the, the he's able to bring the gravitas when he needs to um maybe not as effectively as somebody like connery or even timothy dalton who we saw last time um but yeah i, th I think he he does a good balancing act here um as far as the other performances you know we've started talking about the bond girls here um isabella skorupko is who plays uh, natalia the uh russian computer hacker who is the love interest for bond here um and then famke jansen um of course you know we know her from other franchises as well including x-men but uh, she plays as uh, Zinnia on a top uh and who is you know the the big one of the big bads in the movie um what did you think about these two um characters uh, jay yeah sorry i'm just still piecing together the fact that famke jansen was in the x-men franchise i didn't put gene gray yeah, yeah no I, I i just looked it up the second you said that and i'm like oh my god i did not put two and two together on more that. importantly i'm pretty sure she's liam neeson's wife in the taken trilogy which is really the trilogy that she'll be remembered for yeah no i never would have been able to tell you that but okay <laughs> um to answer your question yeah the whole i can't say i was a fan of either of the, the bond girls in this one the whole lust murdering thing it's just a little much for me like the constant arousal <sighs> like as she just like tries to kill people not just like when she's like you know strangling them, but as you, like just throughout like her like fighting scenes, you just get so much of that. And I she's here know. for a good time, Jay. I don't know what you want. It was just not a good time for me. It was way too much. I, I was laughing like so uncomfortably. Well, I think you're meant to be. You're meant to be laughing for sure. I mean, I mean just because I'm the meant character, to be, the character is mean, named like, on a top. I mean. <laughs> Just just because I'm meant to like have a reaction doesn't mean like it's a good thing that I did. I don't know. Like, you know, it can be good from like the writer, director, actor's perspective, right? Or like, you know, we accomplished what we wanted to, but I'm sitting here like I wish I hadn't seen this, <laughs> like that aspect of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just like that. Like, you know, she's like using something that is such a characteristic of Bond, right? Like, we see Bond just like having sex with women in every single movie right um and so now she's sort of like turning that essential behavior of bonds that he's just able to get away with um you know in every single movie like and he's still able to get away with against, it he is still he, he <laughs> is but um yeah there there's something about her being able to use that like to assert power that feels mm -hmm. like a little bit of a better portrayal of a Bond girl, strangely enough, than maybe we've seen so far. Well, I, I don't. I guess uh, I don't really think of her as a Bond girl because she's not a romantic interest. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I guess it just I'll, depends I'll, I'll on how you that, then. how you uh, yeah how you characterize Bond girls, but because what I would say, I guess, and I guess then, well, like would you say put Pussy Galore is not a Bond girl? Because I don't think, but they, she is a romantic interest. Is she? By the they end. literally have sex in the barn. <laughs> Uh, that's right. Okay, I couldn't remember if if they did or not, but okay. Yeah, I look. I I think I'd put it this way, and I guess to segue into my thoughts about it is that 
I I agree with the whole part about you know Natalia Semenova, very forgettable person. I will not remember after watching our next Bond movie. On a top, I'm you know I think is a is a, is another memorable villain in the Bond franchise. I'll say it that way. As a Bond girl, I did not like her very much. If we want to put her in that category, as a villain, she's like a little bit better. But I also like see where Jay is coming from here. It is like it just feels like really weird to like watch these scenes and i don't know if i can quite put my finger on it but it's like not the like weird kind of way that i like really enjoyed watching like odd job do his shtick like there's just like something weird although that said great death scene like a, a thousand percent agree that the death scene slaps um absolutely that. absolutely hilarious stuff but i think it's i think it's like the over and i think this may be even what jay is getting at too but it's like it's like the just like a hundred and like fifty percent that she gives like the really weird sexual elation of like strangling these guys via their like ab like squeezing their abdomen, which also just feels like a really weird thing. I don't know. Um, it's not so much that that was her shtick because I, I think that is like an to your point, Scott. I think that is an interesting thing to explore is like being a femme fatale and using that sexuality to hurt bond or to threaten bond but it's like so over the top which i know you're scott i feel like you're about to say like that's why you like it so much like it's so 90s of them to have done that well yeah um, i was gonna make the point that like the the 90 like the erotic thrillers were like a huge genre in the 90s like yeah, basic yeah. instinct I mean, and basic stuff instinct, like that yeah. those movies like cleaned up what, so species? this almost another one yeah this almost feels like a uh a uh trope out of one of those movies right like a, a lost part of one of those movies that they just threw into a james Bond interestingly when, when was basic instinct though because wasn't that 95 as well i thought Maybe. that was like 90 93 but uh, uh, i might be have been yeah. anyway it would yeah. be interesting if which inspired which but i mean probably it was basic instinct to this not the other way around um but yeah i i think on a top is an interesting villain but i i wouldn't say that i enjoyed that element of like a like a, as a bond girl yeah, I mean it's it's also it's semantic ultimately whether you consider her a Bond girl. As far as female characters in these movies go, she's definitely one of my favorites so far. Um, again, I, I think I, I, it's. I mean, I wouldn't creative, say this character right? is like, like is like treated well in the movie. She just like is no. made to be. I don't know. Like she she can like not, fight back. We're operating on a low low bar here, right? Like she clears a low threshold, I think. Sure. Um, sure. When we, you know, we have to set the bar lower for Bond movies because that's just the way that they are. But well, maybe uh, that'll change. Yeah, I mean, you know, she she lands some good ones on Bond, um, you know, th throughout the movie, which gives him a few good is squeezes. A plus. Is a plus, yeah. Um, yeah, that that first scene, what is it? Where he's at the sauna or whatever, yeah. like. He's just like chilling in the hot tub, kind of weird. But um, yeah, that That's was a does. good, good scene. And then yeah, she comes comes back um, there towards the end, and that the death scene with her getting strangled and like thrust into the tree basically by the the plane yeah. um, was was something that was pretty uh, yeah a good kind of cartoonish, like I said. Yeah, um, odd job so level kill. Yeah, so I mean, I like the character. I think, um, again, as as female characters in Bond movies go, definitely one of the better ones we've seen. She is given a little bit of agency, um, and 
she is. I mean, she is. What, we what see agency? her freaking strangle that guy to death. I mean, that's agency. I don't think right being there. able to kill someone is giving agency. Like she's still just a pawn of Trevelyan and Oromov. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. Ultimately, that's probably true. But I don't know. She she does seem to be in a position of power at various times throughout the movie. So maybe they don't follow through on that, but um, it's something. Uh, so I like the character. Uh, I mean, y'all are trying not to just bust out laughing right now, which I appreciate. I'm not, but I'm not uh, bust Nata- Natalia, I'm trying not other, to bust out laughing. Oh, we, the we Bond girl, it. Natalia, the Bond girl. I actually, yeah. I'm Who is that? Sorry. Who? But, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's a it's a very forgettable character. She doesn't even get introduced. Real, I mean, she gets introduced, but she doesn't even really meet up with Bond until pretty deep into the movie, if we're being honest. Um, and then, of course, like I said, the courtship happens so quickly as it always does, and just kind of out of nowhere. And um, yeah, it's it's surviving not a train bombing. Court equals courtship these days. Chivalry's not good. yeah. And, you know, she has the computer hacking thing, which is able to come in handy at first. But, um, you know, later on, I think um, she doesn't really she's not really able to do much when the the action climax comes around. But, um, yeah, villain wise, uh, you know, we have uh, Zinnia on top who we've already talked about. Um, but uh, Sean Bean, uh, who turns out to be I mean, again, spoiler alert, uh, he turns out he is alive and he. Uh, He's the mastermind of the whole Janice thing uh, as Alec Trevelyan. Um, what do you guys think about him? Again, a notable actor, obviously. Um, the role was originally supposed to go to Tim Roth. Uh, don't know uh, how you guys feel about that, uh, if that would have been better or worse casting. Uh, but Scott, your thoughts on Sean Bean here as Alec Trevelyan, the, the villain? Yeah, I think I kind of teased my thoughts already and when I was giving my general impressions. I'm a big Sean Bean does funny character things in movies. And I think Sean Bean does funny character thing in movie. So I think that it's, uh, it's quite, quite fun. Um, I, I guess if I had to categorize this against other movies where Sean Bean does something similar, I don't know if I'd put this over those films. I think that he might be better in those other movies just cause he, he gets to be more of a character in those films. Um, feels like he's like chewing on scenery that like, isn't really like he's supposed to chew on scenery, but they don't give him any scenery to chew on in this film almost it's kind of disappointing but i think he's a good trevelyan like he he has the air of someone who like he probably could have been james bond if like casting had gone differently and so i think it's like a very believable from that perspective um to, to to see him as a double o agent at the beginning to sort of see the connection that he has with bond when they briefly meet up in the warehouse or at the bottom of the dam before things go sideways but you know, then to come back around and, and to see that betrayal. I almost wish there'd been a little bit more there because of the nature of this film. You don't get the any sort of history between the two characters, really. It's just sort of all implied, and you have to... I think that's actually, like, a lot of work for Pierce Brosnan to show some sort of, like, emotional impact that that has, and I think that that's missing from the movie, to be frank. Um, but I still think Sean Bean, you know, does his best. He is a menacing sort of villain when it is revealed i kind of i mean i knew that i knew that in a film sean bean was a double o agent who had um you know become a double agent in that way so i knew as soon as sean bean was in this as soon as i knew that sean bean was in this film i knew that was going to happen so i'd be curious maybe jay's perspective he didn't know that was going to happen what his thoughts were on it because i 
I just couldn't go into the film not knowing that. Um, but I, yeah, I think he's good. Tim Roth probably would have issue- been better for the role, frankly. Well, I ha- I'm sorry. I have to issue a correction because I mixed up the two movies that I watched yesterday uh, oh. because I also watched Harry Potter, the first one yesterday. And Who is Tim, Tim Roth, Roth was supposed to be in Harry Potter? He was supposed to be Snape. He was supposed to be Snape before they cast Ellen oh. Rickman. So that, that was my mistake wow. in saying that. I, Tim Roth I think would Sean have been Bean a good Snape, choice for the role. not as good as the Snape that we got. But Tim, Roth I think I agree with that. Yeah, but so who uh, is anyway? This so yeah, sorry. Corrections department. I think he was the first choice. Okay. Uh, I don't know if there was any other uh, any other choice. But uh, Jay, your thoughts on uh, Ned Stark? Yeah, where did his honor go? Right. Um, <laughs> oh, cat. I honestly could have done with these two starring opposite each other in like a trilogy, and seen just this kind of like like seeing you know the the friendship like develop a little bit and then the betrayal you know be that much like harsher and give sean Bean more to do because like you i mean i think he i think he brings it but i really ultimately think like he he does the most with what he has but it's really not all that much um and I, like yeah i mean i i you know in a in like a well-written uh, i'm just gonna keep saying i mean it could have been two movies i don't know my point is like I, you know with more of this you know, just written a little bit better and like giving him a little bit more to do. Like I would have been all for it. Um, it's weird that like, yeah, I don't, again, I'm, I'm just given the movies we started with, you know, I, as it kind of started, I was kind of like, Oh, well like he doesn't have like a weird gimmick unless you count like the, you know, the pizza face or whatever he has going on. But you know, he, he ultimately like is a good character. He still just doesn't have that like, you know, odd job, jaws type thing going but like you know he'll he was good enough to like i'm gonna remember him uh almost like as a what if but still like good enough that i'm like yeah like it's definitely one of the better villains we've seen not like necessarily like in the top tier like you know but maybe like right below i mean it's almost like at the end of the day he's supposed to be like this sort of robert davi fran sanchez type villain who like doesn't have a shtick but it's just like this person who has like offended Bond in some way. It's the it's the relationship between him and Bond. I think that makes the the villain more interesting. Sure, um, but like but they said, just don't, you know, they don't get as much of the relationship. Which is no, they don't. They don't. They don't. For I, more movies. Yeah, yeah. I agree yeah. with you uh, about that because I, I mean, I again, I really like the opening. Obviously, when they're working together and all, you know, for England, James, and you know, they're cracking yeah. jokes and talking about no for me stuff. <laughs> yeah. Not not a great moment. No. I just want to say that on that on that uh, the topic of that scene, I find it so wild that they literally show him hitting the ground <laughs> after he falls from like you know hundreds of feet in the air. I feel like you like don't ever see that in like these movies when somebody like has like a really long fall. It's just like they fall and they're dead or whatever. But like we get a close up shot of him like hitting the ground from you know I had hundreds same- of feet up. I Sean had the Bean same thought me. I had in when I watched Amazing Spider-Man 2, which has been out for enough years that like I can say this, whatever to spoiler alert. Like, you know, that's not a that's not a closed head wound. Like that you're not alive. Oh yeah. Um, well, and the, yeah, the other the other moment too is like when Bond and Natalia are in the plane, I guess it is, and the missile, like like literally a missile 
comes up like and hits the wing of the plane. Like their plane would have been destroyed, but instead it just like puts a hole in the wing and they just like are able to just, you know, crash landed or whatever in a nearby field. It's like, come on. But missiles missiles hit different back then. Yeah. Um I think the I part, of the, part of the on I will say like to even double down on that point, even better part of that scene is not only do they show him hitting the ground, is that they show that he's not even dead when he hits the ground. Yeah, and yeah, then like that was weird. the debris just crashes. Yeah. Like it's it's a true like he just really gets the the shaft here at the at the very end. Like again, he has to have that fall, and then yet we we see all the d- debris descending down on him as well. Which is I mean, he had to wait wild. like fifteen years to get beheaded. So oh well. I like the setting for that fight, though. The whole, like, out there on, like, the antennae or whatever. Like, them, mm-hmm. um, you know, duking it out way up in the in the sky. I mean, I liked that. But um, I, as far as the action goes, I mean, again, I think it's good in general. I like um, the open... The, the one, particularly one part of the opening that I liked in the inside, like, the factory, the warehouse, is when Bond, like grabs like the nuclear canisters or whatever and is like using them as as a defense and there's no music there's no sound there's like there's nothing except just like the silence as he's like trying to and you're it's it's pretty suspenseful it's pretty great like i I really uh enjoyed that and you're of course you're waiting for one of the the dumb soviet guys to you know squeeze the trigger and then one of them does and then guns him down (laughs) immediately that's pretty great but uh, I thought that was something creative because again, you're so used to like the bombastic action scenes, the blaring classic music, you know, but they, they like actually, you know, took a breather there for a second and got some genuine suspense um, out of, out of that scene. So I, I liked that. Um, but as far as the other action scenes in the movie, you know, there's a great sort of chase scene. Um, it's a foot chase, but then it's, you know, involves a tank um, and a, statue on top of the tank that then gets like yeah. knocked off and traps two other cars behind uh, yeah again another great cartoonish moment that i appreciated but what uh what stood out to you guys from the action here in the movie scott yeah i will say yeah i mean look the the tank the tank chase scene through is that saint petersburg or moscow i don't know i think, I think it's saint petersburg saint yeah. petersburg is i think just one of the most casually weird vibes i've ever seen like no one seems to be particularly bothered that bond is rolling through the streets of st petersburg with a tank like bond's not bothered he seems pretty like straight-faced about it he doesn't seem too concerned um in my letterbox review i called this cowboy shit i thought that was just like absolutely ridiculous that that is how that scene played out um just just a really really funny scene i think unintentionally i don't think that was intended to be funny but i found that incredibly funny um just the manner in which the the scene was made i think i will say for the most part i i kind of found the action scenes in this to be less interesting than some of the other action scenes from other movies like i was laughing about this whole one um and i do think there are moments where sort of the chase along the antenna as you were describing the sort of climactic scene is interesting but kind of after that opening scene with the suspense of will, you know, how is Bond going to get out of this one? I didn't like dig the action too much in this. I felt, it felt very average to me. Nothing, nothing really stood out in that sense. Um, I think the parts where this excelled is again, kind of more almost with the character acting, which I just want to go back and say 
that Bo- yeah. Boris is just a, a, a fantastic. Alan Cumming is doing the Lord's work in this film. It's um, yeah, again, it's it's hilarious. Alan Cumming doing what Alan Cumming always does, but like it fits really well in the movie. Like it, yeah. it honestly does. Yeah, the sort of wildness of that character is just great. Um, and, and so of I course think- we have to talk about his death as well. I mean, I am invincible, and then he just yeah. gets a liquid nitrogen. You know, yeah, a lot of the death scenes pretty great. are really are really good. In they delivered, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. So good stuff. I mean, that's what I thought about the action scenes. I wanted to talk about Boris. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, uh, to on top of that as well, you know, Joe Don Baker, I really like um, as as this American CIA. I mean, he's the new Felix kind of- Leiter. Rough cowboy, yeah. Um, I think again, a great, a great, um, you know, contrast to like the, you know, very suave, like metrosexual Bond that Pierce Brosnan, I think, is. Um, and but you didn't like so I, like a Southern redneck Louisiana boy from. He's he's better than J.W. Like Pepper. Yes, he's yeah. much better than than Sergeant Pepper, but um, Jack Wade. But yeah. Yeah, so I thought he was good. Robbie Coltrane and his like one or two scenes as like this Russian. Yeah, you, you'll gangster. only refer to him as Hagrid, actually. Well, yeah, Watch speaking of Harry Potter, but um, he was a lot of fun. Uh, Russian. Hagrid. Yeah, Jay. Anything you want to say about these, uh, you know, supporting supporting cast or the action sequences here? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm going to call out the tank scene later as a minor spoiler alert, but the. The end of the opening action scene when he rides his motorcycle right like off the cliff and essentially falls faster than the plane. Yeah. And then like hops in. Yeah, I like I remember the whole time seeing him go towards the cliff, like, oh, they're not. Like, oh, they're not. And like, of course <laughs> they did. Um truthfully, again, like, you know, I I think I'm despite like my complaints, I think I'm getting a little bit better at like turning my brain off and trying to enjoy these for the silly action i mean black widow did like, the same thing she like hurdles through a a chopper don't get me and grabs on that a parachute. Movie. i will I'll, i will go in but like you know far from the worst thing you that will, movie did you will not disrespect florence Pugh. i will not disrespect her no um <laughs> easily the best thing in that movie of course Incredible. that's not what we're talking about um yeah that just that you know jumping into the plane in midair and then you know getting it to fly up at the last second like you know very Felt very like '90s. Felt very Bond. Like I really did enjoy that as a starter. That's that's a fun moment as well. As far as you know, the more traditional Bond elements. Um, I guess we should talk about M for a second uh, and Judy yeah. Dench's introduction because she does get some um, interesting scenes um, towards the beginning. She kind of goes away, you know, in the second half of the film. But she has that's one kind scene, of, right? That she yeah. has, she doesn't have any other scenes. She just has the one, right? Yeah, I guess it's just one kind of longer scene, but yeah, um, that's that's true. But yeah, you know, that's kind of a twist on the traditional Bond formula here again of we have a female M now and not just a female M, but one who, you know, at least initially wants to put Bond in his place a little bit. And there's, you know, a great scene of her calling him a misogynist dinosaur and, um, you know, some stuff that needed to be said again. Do they really follow through on it? No, because at, by the very end of the the scene, uh, you know, M's like, "Please come home alive." You know, it's it's like they've they've kissed and made up. You know, figuratively speaking. Um, I mean, I don't read it like that. I think she's holding his feet to the fire. No, I, I still think she is. Like again, it's it's progress to to even get any sort of um, you know acknowledgement of Bond's 
misogynist nature, let alone, you know, her just coming out and saying it as explicitly as she does. Yeah. Um, of course, we know, you know, what the future holds for, for Judy Dench's M and there's a much more friendly we, relationship between them. Um, to, we to don't, I was going to say, I don't know if we all well, do. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think, uh, you know, her introduction was again, a nice twist to the bond formula. I wasn't the biggest fan of the theme song. Um, no. Yeah. It's uh, Tina Turner. Um, but written by Bono. My... Bono. Uh, <laughs> I believe you mean Bono, but um, no, I'm calling him Bono. Yeah, no wonder, no wonder I, I was underwhelmed by it. But yeah, after a run of, of awesome Bond songs with, with License to Kill, you know, The Spy Who Loved Me, um, Live and Let Die, and even Goldfinger, um, I think uh, this one was a little bit of a disappointment. Q, you know, shows up. He uh, he has a couple of nice scenes. He, uh, is this the one? I, I can't even remember. I can't even distinguish anymore. Is this the one where he's injured? Yes. Or was yes. that in License to Kill? Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's uh, a, he's a field agent in License to Kill, man. He's not injured. Right. 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 Because he sneaks up. He sneaks in. Yeah. And yeah. Helps Bond. Um, How are yeah, we not no, going to talk about you know, Money Penny finally stepping up a little bit? Like you're going to have to pay these innuendos through someday. I was like, yes, Money Penny. Like that's true. And I loved uh, of Trevelyan's line or whatever about like at your funeral or whatever. There's going to be like. Money Penny. Money Penny's like, the only one there. Yeah. Yeah. Three other people or something. He says. Like I thought that was a that was a nice uh, nice line. But um, yeah, traditional Bond formula. What do you guys want to say about this? Maybe particularly emphasizing M as something different here, Jay. I mean, it was definitely something different. You know, something that they couldn't tell if they were trying to like pat themselves on the back later on too. And I forget which character says like I hear M's a woman now, and I'm like, okay, yes, like you did a thing. I mean, I was, you know, I, I was with it. Like, I, you know, the character certainly was good. I'm now intrigued by, you know, what is to come. But, you know, I guess I'll, I'll save any further thoughts until I see what she and I'm guessing Daniel Craig end up doing together. You will have you will have a few movies to digest. A few? Spoiler alert, Jay. They have sex. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. I, will, I, I will drop out of this countdown if that ends up happening. <laughs> Wow, I There's think that you're probably like going to hell for even Ro- suggesting that. Robin Williams <laughs> said. Robin Williams said it when he awarded the Oscar in Shakespeare in Love to Judi Dench. He said, "There's nothing like a dame," and that's also what what Bond thought. But no, <laughs> uh, Scott, what are your thoughts on this? What are, What are we even talking about anymore, Judi Dench? <laughs> um, I I like the scene. Um, it, it did, did the reason they recast the role because, um. The other guy retired, whose name I'm forgetting right now. Not Bernard Desmond Lee, well. I think. Bernard Lee. Bernard yeah. Lee, yeah. Um, uh, that that sounds right. He retired or he passed away. I'm not sure. but Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look. It really you, feels you, like... I was going to say, it really feels like they're trying to, like, address criticisms of Bond. Like, specifically, like, the her her rant that she has, like, does feel like... Yeah. I don't know. Like, it could have been ripped straight out of some feminist expose of, of 007 as a character, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, may- maybe I think that uh, getting getting one line in to call your character sexist probably isn't the uh, the cure for your franchise. But yeah, um, I, I guess a long it, way to go. I guess if you're aware that is in, that, you know, that is improvement based on past pond performances. But I, I mean, Judy Dench is I mean, she's amazing. <laughs> she's she's a dame. 
um, and is an Oscar winning actress for a reason. And I think she really, I think she brings the heat. Um, I really do think that she does. And it's genuine. And I think that it speaks a lot, maybe to like some sort of like meta narrative that, you know, this character is willing to like, you know, throw some punches, but is still ultimately someone who cares about her agents. And I think that's, you know, I think that's maybe something that we could dissect further if it's worth it. But I, I find that to be like the right balance of, you know, we're not made of, you know, double O secret agents over here to take care of yourself. But also, I don't like you very much. And you're going to have to win me over at the end of the day. I don't, I don't want you to just go out there and die. But like, you're not going to get free passes from me. So I think it's the right balance. And, you know, it, it sets them off in a direction that hopefully they can follow up on. Yeah, she's like a businesswoman, right? Like she just she's she's yeah. practical about you know. Is she Margaret? What Tha- is her... she like a Margaret Thatcher stand-in? It's like not even meant to be wanna, a joke. Like I don't even want to go there. Yeah, but yeah, no, she she understands. Like yes, she of course she needs Bond alive and all this stuff for um, the success of her country. her enterprise, her business, yeah. her country. Yes, because Bond is you know somehow he's good at his job. Um, <laughs> But also, he's somehow getting younger these days. I don't know how, but yeah. But also, you know, that doesn't mean that she has to sort of kowtow to him like a lot of the other people at um, MI6 do. But last point, I guess, to hit just for a second: do does the plot make any sense? You know, the the question we always ask here. I would posit that it does not. Um, yeah, th- I, th- this feels like a regression back to plots that don't make no sense. I followed like thirty percent of what was going on. You know, there were some missiles. You know, there there's was, a lot. There of was some device called GoldenEye, which sounds very similar to God's Eye, and I was just watching all the fast movies. It's very, very confused. There's a lot of people typing on computers and you know hacking and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I'm not sure that uh, as they say that much happened here. Um, you know, it's it, you get a good USA versus USSR face off, I guess. I mean, not USA, but UK was, versus USSR face off. But it's not even the USSR, uh, the, the the Berlin because, Wall. Because yeah, Sean Bean, fallen. yeah. True, that is true. Well, no, but, just that the USSR doesn't exist anymore. But, yeah, but yeah, I mean, these are old Soviet facilities and stuff that they're in for. It's true. Um, you know, some of the movie. But any thought? Any other thoughts on you know the plot and? Any any other you know sense you were able to make out of it? No. <laughs> yeah, the, the, there was felt, a the, yeah. there was a tank chase. The, this felt like some real big this from, is Russia, from Russia with love. Have yeah. absolutely no idea what's going on. Energy <laughs> to the film, um, which is fine. I'm not as bothered by it as I think you know you are, Scott. Um, but yeah, there's oh, not. No, I'm not. I'm not bothered by it. Again, I said from the beginning that, you know, th- these movies, I don't necessarily want the plot, right? I, like, I want just sure. to show me to show me some cool stuff. Like, the Mission Impossible movies don't exactly have, like, the easiest to follow plots or anything either. Um, yeah, they do. What and again, that's not, dare you that's not what I... That's not. I'm not slandering. Again, I'm not slandering. I know, that's I know. not what I go to the movies to, to... Those movies to see. That's my point. Like, um, you just need enough there to, like, bridge the gap between you know the the big set pieces and everything and the the set pieces like i said i think mostly delivered for me here so i didn't mind that much that the bridges the would be gapped better with more tom cruise running in this franchise that's what this franchise is missing maybe running across some some bridges and jumping yeah. over gaps and bridges um Break, breaking his leg jumping over gaps and bridges maybe yeah that might happen again um 
All right, guys. I think we can move into wrap up on Goldeneye. Uh, since you've already spoiled it, Jay, uh, what's your favorite scene or moment from the movie? I mean, it, it is the tank chase. I like it was just absurd enough to work for me. I think how nonchalantly, yeah. you know, Pierce Brosnan is driving the tank just around and like you know up to the train station, like weirdly worked for me. Like again, I, I I acknowledge the whole thing is ridiculous. I also have said I'm trying to get better at just like enjoying the weirdness of it all. Um, and yeah, I don't know that this one worked even, you know, that there's the, I'm already getting the general's name, but, uh, or yeah, yeah. Uh, is like, you know, taking like, like sips from his flask as they're being like chased as if I needed to be reminded anymore, you know, that he's rushing, like, Oh, look at me. Like the only thing that could have made that scene better is if the driver in the car was Tyrese saying somebody better do something. I got a tank on my ass. So I just watched no. that movie the other day. Would not I know you did. Better. That's why not I a good called scene. it out. Not a good scene. Scott. Ty- Tyrese has gone full pantomime by, by Fate of the Furious. I'll, I'll say that much. I'm over it. Yeah. Um, my favorite scene? I, I, I think it's Onatop's death for me. I mean, that as much as I didn't love the character as much as maybe you did, Scott, I, I think that from a, a villain perspective, I think what I want is a crazy hook, which I think some of that we got for me, some of that, you know, was done, like overdone maybe. Um, but then like a good death and we got a really great death for on a top. So shout out to that. Yeah. And I guess I'll, well, I'll mention a different moment that I, I haven't mentioned so far. I, you know, I mentioned that I liked the like silent suspense scene of him with the new, nu- with the, you know, yeah. the canisters there in the warehouse. I also, speaking of silence, I really like the opening where he like bungee jumps into the, uh, you know, off of the bridge um and it's just like you're just literally silently watching him like bungee jump um you know i thought that that was like kind of weirdly serene and and uh cool to watch because again nine times out of ten in a bond movie you'd see that and you'd expect oh here we go the music's about to kick in here but uh it it doesn't really actually come in um so I, i you know i liked that sort of uh, like I said, serene almost moment of him just silently, um, you know, diving, diving off the bridge without a care in the world. But um, okay, let's put a score on it, guys. Jay, what do you give Goldeneye? Seven point solid time. Probably That's won't harsh. watch it again anytime soon. You know, could have been higher. If, I think it just been written a little bit better. Pierce Brosnan brings it. That's where we're at. Scott, seven point three. And a 7.6 from me. I did really enjoy it. Um, definitely one of my favorites so far, like I said. Um, but yeah, you know, onwards and upwards. Uh, we have, we've completed the the old Bonds now. We have completed uh, the non-current uh, James Bonds. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the 007 Countdown. If you have and you'd like to support us, uh, don't forget about our Patreon at patreon.com slash media podcast. Please, of course, also check out the Some Like It Scott podcast feed where you found this podcast. Um, check out Some Like It Scott weekly movie reviews every week. Um, and like, rate, review, subscribe, do all the things you do uh, on your preferred podcast app. And of course, we hope you'll be back for our next episode of the 007 Countdown when, as alluded to, we will be beginning the Daniel Craig era of James Bond with 2006's Casino Royale, also directed by Martin Campbell. Uh, But until then, for Scott Shelton and Jay Habib, I'm Scott Harvey. We'll see you next time.